welcome back to The Short Game, a show about short video games, games that respect your time. I am Reagan Kelly, and I am joined by my awesome co-hosts. I'm Nate Heininger. Glad to be here. And I'm Laura Nash. And uh, this week we are talking about a game called Pikuniku. I hope I'm pronouncing that right. I'm pretty sure I am. Pikuniku. Oh, it's so much fun to say. Pikuniku. Yeah. Pikuniku. It's gotta it's be Pikuniku. It's extremely fun to say, right? Extremely fun sounding name. I really like the name of this game, even though I think it's a little bit weird because it's a, uh, if on the title screen, it's presented Pikuniku in, in letters. And then it's also spelled out in what I think is hiragana. Um, Pikuniku is, is, uh, is the Japanese pronunciation of the word picnic. And this game is a picnic. It's a lovely oh, little picnic. It's a fun fact. Also, if you play co-op, Piku and Niku are the names of the two that you play as. Oh, uh, I didn't know that. That's very yeah. cute. Okay. Very yep. charming. That is great. Uh, whereas in the main story, you are the beast. Yeah. <laughs> this is a very cute game by Sector Dub, uh, which came out pretty recently here at the beginning of January for Switch and PC. Um, and I, I think we all played it on Switch. Mm-hmm. Correct. Yep. And I was really looking forward to this game. Uh, Devolver did a pretty good job marketing it. And, um, you know, it definitely their marketing definitely worked on me. Uh, I was looking forward to it and, and preparing for it and pre-ordered it, which I rarely do for Switch download games. But I was like, hey, why not? <laughs> yeah, because it's unnecessary. But it's that's completely nice. unnecessary. Yeah. <laughs> but I was already sold because it looked super, super cute and neat. And uh, and also, um, if you haven't seen it, Devolver did an extremely good uh, like claymation trailer, or not trailer, like ad uh, for it. Mm-hmm. The game has nothing of that aesthetic. Uh, it's more, you know, sort of 2D cutout art, uh, which we'll talk about. But the, the trailer is great. You should check yeah. it out and I'll have a link to it in the show notes. It's another example of Devolver just kind of doing everything right. They continue they to put great out market, really good marketing, and they have a good eye mm-hmm. for things that are going to be fun. And based on everything I saw about this game, I was pretty much certain this was going to be something we were going to want to talk about on the show. So here we are. Yeah, it's about three to four hours, so it is right in our short game sweet spot. There are definitely people who are saying, you know, this is the perfect amount, and people are saying it's too short, which is just where I like to be. I like to be <laughs> that someone's complaining about being too short because. I've That's been where for we two swoop weeks, in. <laughs> and I was so happy that I could play something when my brain was back up. Um, it's got a really cool mix of, like, it's a platformer, but someone called it a jump and kick platformer, which I think is mm. completely correct because you play this little red monster, maybe monster, maybe just thing. That's just a red circle with legs. You have no arms, you have no mouth, but you have the most expressive legs. I've ever seen in a video game. Okay, that is, I think, that must be like the the central thing that they figured out about this game. Like I've seen the very very earliest, the developer had some very early prototype um, screenshots and videos on their Twitter, and the legs came first on this. Like this was a game oh, yeah. where they they came up with this animation, whatever <laughs> algorithm or whatever they're doing to like real time animate these legs. That must have come first, and they were like, "This is gold. How do we build a game around this?" And they did. The game is entirely built around the little leggy animation. The legs are so So, good. So I guess we're starting with the legs on this episode. So (laughs) we're going to start with our way up. (laughs) This can't be Chekhov's legs. We got to explain how these legs work and then we'll go into the game. Uh, The legs. It's true. It is one of the, um, the most noticeable elements of the game. It's also a key, like your, the game kind of centers around you and your legs. So it's not just fun animation. Uh, your legs are a key element of how you play this game. Uh, it's a platformer and you're jumping and kicking. So you're constantly looking 
at this little red beast's legs. Uh, and, and so they exist in a world or th- their existence is between like one inch long and like 10 feet long if it needs <laughs> to be. So when they're going, like if you're going up a hill, how do you explain it? They, they're it's like, if your feet are <laughs> sticky and you're, you extend a leg forward and then the back leg sticks. And so it stretches behind you, <laughs> walks up and then you step again. So you're, it looks like you're, an extendable spider, but with two legs. But the other thing about it is that it, it, they've got these sort of tippy taps kind of motion going on all the oh, time. Yeah. So the tippy tap the, is a good word. The way that I think it works is that when you move, you know, I'm, I'm kind of imagining how the dev makes this game work and how this animation works. But here's how it seems to work to me is that when you move, you're moving the body around, right? And then there's some sort of little algorithm where the the legs help keep up. And so they're, they're constantly doing these little tiny steps, sometimes very big steps if you're making big jumps and things, but they're constantly doing these tiny little tippy tappy steps to keep the two legs underneath your body as it moves. And it looks hilarious. It looks a little bit like I've seen um, I've seen like birds and lizards walk this way where they their body like moves in a perfectly smooth line, but their legs are kind of going wild. Like underneath. a flamingo. It, that Yeah, it's very much like a like a flamingo or some other kind of like weird bird with weird bird legs. The, the legs are the legs make this game and the legs were delightful <laughs> for the entire three hours I spent with this game. Yeah. So like you could be standing on an edge where you're like half off of the edge and the leg that is on the edge is it's like it doesn't it barely exists you can just see the foot sticking out but the other leg that is off the edge is like (laughs) double the length of the entire creature and like hooked and down and suctioned to the wall to the bottom like a spider would do Uh, and because they don't do like depth it's not like the leg that is really short is like all curled up and folded it's just literally a little foot sticking out of like the blob that is the main body. It's like a measuring tape of a head, like <laughs> yeah. the, the foot yep. like going up inside. <laughs> and, and there's also because of this, and Regan, I think you're totally right. It's like everything is just trying to keep up. It, it's not a perfect analogy, but this game has like a quap esque mm. element to it, or like yeah. a uh, oct- or a um, what's uh, just you know the regular dad game. Um, oh, uh, Octodad, yeah. Octodad, yeah. Um, where, yeah, you're like, you know what you want to do, and you know how your, like, creature should respond, um, but it's a little floaty and a little strange, so sometimes you think you're going to jump and kick, uh, like, you want to kick forward, and you jump, but your blob is, like, rotated in a little bit of a way that you weren't expecting, so when you kick, you actually kick straight up, and that sends your <laughs> legs like he sends your body spiraling all the way to the ground because you missed on your kick and your foot went out super far and spun your momentum around. And, and the you, whole game and is you can this- even completely take your feet into your body and just be a little pill shaped head oh, and yeah, float I around. Or- that, that sort of functions as the run button because like you're yeah. actually faster if you do the like pull the legs into the body and roll. Even though you're so, kind of like doing a football roll, you're not quite round. You're kind of oblong. So you're doing this little kind of bouncing floppy roll. <laughs> That's actually faster than walking. It is which faster. Is kind of useful. <laughs> really Except funny you, though. But you, you, can, you, but you can't do anything from it. So right. you can like go really, really fast. And then when you let go, his legs kind of <laughs> spring out and kind of like spring out stiffly for a moment. And so you're, you're kind of sp- 
you, you roll and roll and then suddenly you kind of like pop and 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 flip into a weird position. It's always funny to see. And fortunately, yeah. it doesn't require any... Uh, that's actually not 100% true. There are times when this game requires precise-ish platforming, but mostly it doesn't. And so this sort of floppy, loose, uh, very funnily animated movement mechanic is uh, mostly there just to be delightful and not to like get in your way because you're not really needing to like do anything super precise with these weird tappy legs most of the time. No, I mean, it's, it's clearly not a very elaborate platformer, not even elaborate like Mario game because you are uh, a little gangle monster and mm-hmm. little gangly legs are not going to get you anywhere precise, but it can get you in a tree or maybe in a cloud. I mean, that's you just have delightful. to, there's a, sometimes, you know, you got to dodge the toast that's flying between the different toasters and, you know, there's a little bit of precision, precision every once in a while, but it's also <laughs> it's always optional. It's yeah, it is optional. It's also very forgiving. They checkpoint the hell out of that mm-hmm. platforming. So if you just make it past like one challenge, it's checkpointed. Um, so it, it it it's not that difficult. Before we get too far into the rest of the game, there's a couple other things I wanted to mention. Uh, and first of all, you, you, Nate, you mentioned the other big part of the legs, which is the kicking. Um, mm-hmm. This game has basically a jump and a kick, and the kick is also super delightful because it's it's this sort of very um, your 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 kick is just sort of one leg kind of goes whoop whoop, <laughs> kind of like a like a chameleon tongue sticking out like in, yeah. in one direction. I mean, it's straight out to the side. Like my twin sister used to draw her K's to look cool in school. Like, <laughs> it just goes straight ninety degrees to the side, and it makes me happy wow, every time. That's- yeah, for sure. Yeah. That's a perfect <laughs> analogy. I'm I'm sure Kelly's listening, so I'm sure she's. Uh, oh yeah, <laughs> definitely listening to the show. Yep. Hi. No. Nope. <laughs> also, we talk a lot about Reagan and Shane being twins, but did everyone know there's twins all over this podcast? Mm-hmm. Nate has a secret one he doesn't talk about. <laughs> Don't go in his basement. He's in his basement right now, so it's less scary to us. <laughs> so, um. Everything about the movement is super cute and super fun. I also, before we dig in too much, we're talking about like the story of this game. This is a story-based game, almost surprisingly enough. Um, but before we get into that, I want to talk a little bit about the art style because you know it, the first thing that you notice is obviously the kicky legs, but that is all tied into an art style that I think is really cute and successful and a little bit unique, although it it's also extremely inspired by, I think, one very specific art style. So to me, first glance, this game reads as almost a, almost a tribute to Keita Takahashi, the guy who made um, Katamari Damacy, which obviously we love on this show when we have an episode on, go back and listen to it. God, I love that game. As well as uh, like Nobby Nobby Boy. Uh, this looks so much like his two-dimensional work. Like, if you look at anything that Keita Takahashi has ever illustrated that isn't in 3D, it looks so much like this game. I, I think that also, I, I, maybe I'm uh, maybe I'm making too much of that because they do have that sort of Japanese text on the title screen. This game doesn't have anything else about it that really sort of read as Japanese to me, apart from just that sometimes people associate Japanese-ness with this sort of quirky, cute humor. Um, but it... It's so uh, Keita Takahashi. It's so Nobby Nobby Boy uh, that it's like it, it just jumps off the page at you if if you like that style. 
Yeah, I think there's also a lot of children's book influence. Specifically, there's a 70s illustrator, um, Roger Hargraves, who did the Mr. Men book, like Mr. Oh, Green, Mr. Yes. Tickle, Mr. Cheery. Oh like my God, you're right. The character designs look very much like this, except they, um, in this game, instead of having um, arms that are, you know, two lines uh, on the outline, this just has a line. But other than that, you could look at Mr. Greed and be like, oh yeah, he's one of these people. <laughs> like, oh he's, yeah, he's in yeah, this yeah town. no, you're right. No, that's that's a very good poll, and and sp- and particularly the, um, oh, what's his name? The guy with the hat, who's given out. Oh, uh, Mr. Tickle. Is that is that what his name is? I think I so. Mr. It. Tops. Yeah, you know that that guy uh. is like so much like one of those like little little Miss Mister Men characters. So for anyone who doesn't have those like can you know touch points, um, I think that we should probably describe sure, the, sure. The, the graphics as well, um, which is like very colorful, a lot of thick colors, um, not a lot of like minor detail. You know, like a tree is going to be a all brown trunk with the like classic green sort of like it's like a pine tree staggering up on the side and the whole tree is going to be like the same color no outline uh, no outline Very flat so, fill yeah yeah every, every character vibrant. is essentially one dominant shape like a, a circle or a cloud shape or a pear shape all of them have this one dominant shape with eyes maybe some other features but usually not and a pair of legs and, and you uh, can kick all of them oh you yes. can kick all of them and they and, all hate it <laughs> they make uh, it clear and there's no repercussions for kicking them so pro tip on this game kick everything because at, at, at worst nothing will happen and at best something funny will happen nothing will oh. ever bad will happen from kicking people or things yeah and if you're like me and you're stuck on a puzzle consider kicking more things mm. there was yep. at least one major thing that I got stuck on that was solved by Me. kicking someone. Same and, uh, place, I bet. <laughs> I did so many things, and I yep. thought, I will say, I thought at one point that this game had um, adventure game style puzzles because it had Same. so many other pieces of DNA from adventure games. You walk around and talk to people, and there's a bunch of little side uh, mini games and that yeah, kind and it of has, thing. Yeah, it has an inventory that looks very adventure gamey, too. So I thought it was like that, and I had quote figured out what you had to do i know I and did i the was same just walking thing. around looking for black paint oh my god same thing 20 so, minutes so yeah pro tip for this game at least from my experience it's simpler than you think it is uh-huh <laughs> that's like almost every solution every uh puzzle that isn't like a a, um, a block matching puzzle where like the puzzle's right in front of you um the solution is almost always simpler than you might be thinking. Yeah. The game presents itself as like, yeah, like a little adventure, adventure gamey, and I think we'll talk about that in the story. But almost all of that uh, is either just for flavor or there's like side quests and stuff. But um, those but are, are also no multi-step yeah, puzzles. <laughs> yeah, the developer <laughs> describes Period. it as a uh, um, exploration, or sorry, a puzzle exploration game, which I think is a, is probably right on the money. Like there are puzzles, not a lot, and they're not very complicated. But it's mostly about exploring and talking to characters and kicking things. Um, yeah. And throughout, it was it was a delightful little world to explore. Like it's a it's a it's a pretty self contained. It's not huge. There's no like branching paths. You're you're exploring one big space pretty much, you know, left to right. 
but it's uh, it's full of little fun details, uh, little amusing scenes, bits of dialogue. There's quite a lot of dialogue in this game. Almost all of it is at least gonna give you a, a, a light chuckle. Like it's always cute and funny. And sometimes, like sometimes, I had to like pause the game to to stop laughing at how funny certain bits in this game were. So it's it's really charming. You know what the humor? Uh, if I can make a connect uh, a, a reference to something, the humor reminded me of something. It's not exactly like it, but the games, um, the Little Inferno and mm. um, Human Resource Machine. Tomorrow uh, Corporation. Tomorrow pieces, Corporation. Yeah. yeah, where they're doing humor where it's like, it's really silly and goofy up front, but sometimes you can tell it has like another motive. Um, yeah, a oh. little tiny touch of like dark or weird underneath the humor. Yeah, exactly. And I wanted like, I wanted that dial turned up a lot higher Even more. personally. Oh, I so agree. Because, <laughs> yeah, and uh, it's got one of the best intros um, oh my God. I've ever seen in a game. Yeah. And we should get into it, but I, I think my strong reaction to the intro made me want a lot more of that, and I was a little sad that there wasn't more of it. Yeah. Because I loved the intro so much, I wanted that carried forward, but... It- yeah. That, that's just me expecting the game to be like another game I liked. I don't think other people would be bringing that to this game. So it's a little unfair. Yeah. Well, it comes in strong. It comes in yeah. real strong with that opening. And it, is it comes a, in hot. It, it is a clear humor style and an approach and like it's setting expectations for the game. And that humor style maintains top to bottom. But the... Uh, the injection of it, the satire, it, it does is heavy at front, and then it becomes like little tastes throughout the rest. So I don't want to just like tell you the joke of the game, but I also think that if you're not for our listeners, if you're not sure if this game is going to be for you, like go pull up a video of the first ten minutes of this game and watch the intro because it'll lay out what the humor style of the game is, and I think it was one of the best funny bits in the game too so i will have a link in the show notes to a video that includes the first minute or two of the game i 100 endorse just go watch that video it's i i thought it was very funny and if you watch it and you're like that wasn't funny well maybe maybe the humor of this game yeah is not going to work for you but i thought it was super funny you know my gamer tag and and almost everything is get paid for free and the opening for this game, <laughs> I about I was that. like, "This is my. This is exactly what I've been preaching." So uh-huh. uh, this game, they want you to get paid for free, and I felt mm. an just free connection. money, yeah, free money. So um, <laughs> we get that the, we get the intro that is a, a commercial by Mister Sunshine, uh, the top- which is why I. That's the only reason I got the Illustrator reference. Thank you. Yes. Oh, by funny. the way, is because his yeah. name is Mr. Sunshine. Yes. <laughs> yes. So we get the we get the intro that's a, a commercial from him in which he's describing the benefits of free money. Then we wake up as the little red blob and we are deep within a mountain and there's a ghost there for some reason. We never really find out why as far as I know. It's very a meta mysterious. Ghost. Why not? Yeah, I think it's this game clearly heavily inspired by Breath of the Wild. Yes. You wake up, uh, <laughs> you've been asleep for a very, very long time, and you emerge from your cavern. Uh, and it's really funny. The townspeople uh, have known about the thing sleeping in the cave on top of the mountain, uh, and they have been telling for generations uh, of their... They're telling the generations uh, next, their kids, 
beware of the beast. And so then those kids told their kids. And now it's been a very, very long time since anyone has ever even seen the beast. But everybody is afraid of it. And that's you. This What do you call it? Gangly monster? This Gangle yeah. monster, yeah. Gangle monster, this weird... It's 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 a really funny and very strange opening to the game where you are so in you're so not scary and like so inoffensive and everything's like ah the beast it's, it's a great opening <laughs> it's extremely cute and and all the characters are very cute too like all the you're you're starting out in a town full of like agrarian bumble Dudes. Fat bird. They're like yeah. little fat birds. They look aren't like they? Grimace from McDonald's. <laughs> they do look like Grimace. Yeah. And they grow corn. And why do they grow corn? I don't know. To trade it for free money. <laughs> um, so cute. And I mean, we don't need to talk about the story of this game. There's there's no there's no plot to speak of. The plot is the plot is you're going to uh find out a dark uh secret about the world and stop. It's immediately. Uh, revealed <laughs> yes immediately revealed and and stop the the exploitation of of the sunshine corporation it's it's it sounds on the surface like this very like serious thing but it's actually not it's just very silly and, and cute it's super silly but i do give it props for being one of the only games to justify why there are coins everywhere <laughs> yep <laughs> yeah that's a great i thought about that too because they're constantly throwing coins everywhere so yeah. Our last episode was Orbgate, so. <laughs> <laughs> yes, at least they were coins and not orbs. I'm pro-coins, anti-orb. So uh, let's talk about some of the other things that you, some of the things you find along the way as you as you journey from your your starting place at the at the at the mountain uh, all the way to the the end where you'll confront the evil corporation. In between, um, there's a bunch of neat little things you can collect. Some items. There's some mini games. Um, I uh, how how much how much stuff did you guys collect? I found like I think I only filled like a third of my inventory slots during the entire course of the game. I collected a lot of trophies, which are not in your yeah. inventory, right. but are in your menu. Same. And I, I, I didn't buy a lot of things. There's a thing when, when you can buy things in games that I get a little, and there's coin collection. Um, I worry sometimes I need the coins for something. Mm. Um, and so I have a hard time buying um, the yeah. uh, aesthetic items. So I bought things that were plot necessary or that I thought were plot necessary and were not. Um, it's like every every RPG, though. And I mean, this isn't yeah. an RPG, but like how many, if you've played Skyrim or like Fallout or any of the Bethesda games, you end up with like, well, I might need these 300 greater healing potions for a fight later. So mm. I'm just going to die right now instead of take one of these potions. I have like $240,000 in Fallout <laughs> London because I couldn't <laughs> buy anything. <laughs> yeah. Man, so, I roller. People are going to have to start hitting you up. Yeah. Uh, well, I I think I um well, there's two types of inventory. There's an inventory of items that mostly are keys. So there's things like key cards to get through certain doors, that kind of well, thing. Well, this game is a Metroidvania, too. We haven't <laughs> talked about that. Of course. And uh, so there's those sorts of items. And then there's also hats, which are some of them purely aesthetic and some of them functional that also kind of work as keys or let you do something with them. I wish I'd found more of the hats particularly because the hats were the most fun thing. Like there's, there's nothing more fun in a game than getting a hat and putting it on your weird blob. I love I love well, that. And they they're hats and also kind of like masks. Some of them just mm. totally change the design of the core of your body, which is the blob. Um, but they all also have 
like an action that goes with them, and it's it, unless it's a plot. Uh, yeah, some of them are one. Just, just sort of function as keys too. My very favorite were the sunglasses. Um, they weren't super useful for anything, but they did make your character look exactly like Cool Spot, the the Seven Up mascot from the nineties. I, I was playing this earlier with Molly, and I said, "Well, you knew I always wanted to have a Seven Up mascot game, exactly for that same reason with the cool sunglasses." The That's sunglasses funny. were great. I think I wore the sunglasses for like pretty much the entire game after that. Of point. course, you look great. <laughs> um, though the game makes fun of you when you put them on, saying that that style's kind of you're out desperate of, uh, and sad. Yeah. And like- um, but also, I was gonna say like the action on the hats they all like if you get the beast one which is an early one that you can get through like a side quest if you press a button it makes you bark and then the flower petal one if you get that if you press a button it changes the color of the flower so Mm -hmm. there's a lot of them have these or most of them have these little actions that just add a little bit of like flavor to it and it can be fun to be running around as the blob wearing the beast mask and just barking at everything because (laughs) things get afraid of the barks too and will like try to run away from you note that is never the solution to a puzzle right (laughs) again because it's always even simpler and if, Simpler if, than you think. if your hat is going to be the solution to a puzzle, then it straight up tells you. Because oh, yeah. it sits, it does like a little thought bubble over the thing, and it says, essentially, you need to be wearing this hat to it's interact like, hey, with this thing. watering can hat time here. Use the watering yeah. can hat. Uh, but they also, I, I like the pencil hat a lot. So you mentioned there's uh, mini games. Um, there's actually a lot of little, like, quick time mini games in this game and it they do a good job of of breaking it up it reminded me a little bit of uh like night in the woods Mm, yeah i mean um yeah i see what you mean yeah where they just like insert a little plot thing to create a little mini game i mean and you know there's all sorts of them in this one uh some like dance dance revolution style things where you have to press or like Guitar Hero or whatever, you have to press a button when the thing goes across. There's some timing games where you just have to press a button when two things line up on the screen. There's like a Dig Dug emulator. You know, there's all sorts <laughs> of um, little games that sort of break up the uh, the pace, uh, and they're fun. Um, the one that the one that I the one criticism I had about those was the the music or dancing game, which was good and the song that they played with it was a good piece of music for the game and it was it was great and cool but i played this on the switch and Mm -hmm. i always try to avoid playing um rhythm or music games on nintendo consoles because i grew up with uh with sega and later sony consoles and i didn't get a should be the bottom one and b should be the one right right. like i yes (laughs) i I didn't i I had that same problem yeah, like just do arrows. I know, I know. Like just do arrows. And that's the thing. The Switch mostly has gotten rid of that because, like, if you're playing this on, let's say you're playing this on like a single Joy-Con, then X and Y no longer have any meaning because you've got it rotated, right? So mostly the Switch now uh, represents button prompts by showing you the little glyph that has four buttons and filling one of them in. Yes. Um, mm-hmm. That's good. It would have been so much easier. Right. That's a yes. that's a that's good design. And it, it, playing a rhythm game that tells you to press Y on the Switch, like my brain does not work for that. It, it I, it's, I I failed it so many times. I did too. I I think the highest I got was forty three percent accuracy. And then uh, I was sitting next to Molly, who is like a wizard at these games. She loves those style games, like Amplitude and all of that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> she picked it up and got like 
eighty percent on our first try, and I was like, "All right, thank you." Well, that's yeah. the thing. Like, I'm usually that person, and eighty percent is a bad score. And if it had been the dots, I might have been more like ninety. Yeah, I, it's it's they to be honest, the entire game. Every time it would say hit Y, I'd be like, which one is that? Because it just feels backwards. Every other console does A is the bottom and B is the right one. Mm-hmm. And, and this messes me up on like, games outside I of this. I acknowledge that Nintendo basically originated this style of controller. And theoretically, theirs is the canonical version. But like for me, when I see a thing say X, that means the bottom one because I'm a PlayStation guy. Like <laughs> I, I and trying to translate between these different like ah don't don't do it. The Switch has been very smart about mostly or Switch games have mostly been very smart about using the sort of glyph and directional i you know icons instead of letters or at the very least you know like something like an Xbox controller. There's color coding, um, colors make it into the right part of my brain faster than reading an X or an A. Um, but, oh, man, did I have trouble with this. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm at least glad that uh, you all had the same problem because I was like, am I, cr- am I just, is this just me? But I'm, uh... I, I, I blame it on the fact that I didn't have a Nintendo co- console with four buttons on it until I was in my late 20s because I never had an SNES. Um, I, you know, the, I had Game Boys, but I didn't have yeah. anything with the four button uh, ABXY arrangement until I was pretty old. And but even still, it's been like eight consoles since they've done it that way, right? Yeah, like, cause that's true. GameCube yeah. And uh, they all had the, no, well, the, the, Wii, the, uh, the Wii and Wii U both had controllers that had that arrangement. So, okay. If you wow. use their like the pro controller or, oh, or classic a, controller, yeah. things like that. I've never gotten their pro controller. I need to. Yeah, they're good. Yeah. I, I just don't like it when you because the number of people who switch between consoles is extremely oh, yeah. high so yeah. I just like just show directions or color it in yeah make it accessible I can still manage the uh, I can still manage the PlayStation ones but that's just because I don't know I play a lot of games on PlayStation those are very ingrained um, but yeah oof. anyway um, that's a that's a very small complaint that's mostly about me so we, I, no I, we're all agreeing no, it. we made it I mean all of us have the same problem but I, I don't feel yeah. like I don't feel like throwing shade at the developer of the game here necessarily. I just felt like I, I wish my brain worked correctly for this. <laughs> Same. So you all know I love uh, a challenging platformer. I have been talking about them for the last year. I am actively still uh, making my way through the more difficult challenges uh, within Celeste. And so I was happy to find that in this game, while they were still very bite-sized they did at least try to give you a little bit more of a challenging platform experience if you wanted it. We kind of talked about that earlier, but I think we can dig in a little bit with it now. Um, these throughout the game, there are some very noticeable and by your choice uh, moments, I guess, where you can enter into like a platforming dungeon almost. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, like challenge zones. I don't know my because I am who I am my, my brain always goes to like it's the hyper funk zone yeah uh, sure but it's it's like these little yeah you find a door uh the best one was the the toast one where you you uh, help a person unclog their toaster and out of the toaster comes an evil piece of glowing toast that draws you into the toast zone where you have to do special platforming to get past the toast and yeah. there were others too there were um 
Oh, geez. They were, none of them were themed as well as the toast thing. So I'm trying to remember what some of the other ones were, but they're escaping me. So, yeah, I, I don't know. I can't think of any of them either because the toast one just shines so bright. And <laughs> it, uh, it's, it's the standard sort of challenging or uh, platform challenges that you'd expect. So, you know, you have to stand on a platform that's about as wide as you are and jump to another platform that's about as wide as you are. Uh, but something is firing in between those two spaces and you have to time it and like jump between them. Um, in this case, it's a toaster firing a piece of toast. Sometimes you're being pursued by floating enemies or there's other sort of things like moving blades or all the all the standard stuff. Yeah, um, but the the jumping is f- is very floaty and everything is wide enough that nothing it's all very forgiving because the controls are so floaty and loose um it's not really any like fast-paced platforming it's actually a type of platformer where if you take your time you're going to do better than if you try to like string things Mm -hmm. together yeah very Um, much so sometimes floaty is uh or loose are like you know, there, there are negative aspects of a platformer. There's something that you would say, this platformer is bad because it is floaty and loose. But like, mm-hmm. I don't always think that's the case. Like, it's definitely possible. I mean, I even look at something like um, uh, like um, Hollow Knight and depending on how you spec out your character, you can be quite floaty and loose in that game too. And that's a masterclass. Uh, floaty and loose are not necessarily bad aspects in a platformer it, it's it's about it being part of a larger design like if if you are finding that your character is difficult to control in a way that makes them slippery and unable to like you know not able to meet the challenges that the game is setting for you because of bad controls that's one thing but like floaty and loose can be really fun in a platformer if it's kind of designed to work that way it's part of the challenge it's part of the fun it's sort of how it works yeah and that's how i felt about this game i didn't think it, it the platforming this is this is no like super meat boy or anything but it's uh it, it's it was fun to try to do these slightly more challenging platforming stages with these slightly less than perfect so to speak controls it was it was kind of a neat challenge it to me felt more like the like the beast body is less than perfect. It's not yeah. the platforming controls are. <laughs> it felt so much a part of the character's personality that yeah. it's going like its weird little body isn't going to jump normally. And that it, it felt honestly very true to the spirit of the game. Absolutely. Um, the those those legs were so much, not designed for precision. <laughs> those legs yeah. are not designed for precision. It's true. He's trying as hard as he can. And, yeah. I, I think you know, that's... when I missed, it was it was because my legs are weird. It wasn't yeah. because the game was weird. It, it was, um, or that I was bad at platforming. It was that my body is a very strange little beast. And Yeah, it definitely serves a purpose. I, I think it would be very strange um, I, if, the, if the game maintained its comedy and its design element and it was also a super tight platformer. <laughs> like, I don't, I don't think that those two things work together. Um, I, I personally sometimes got a little annoyed with like the floatiness because you kind of like click onto an edge or like clip off of an edge and you're like, I landed that, you know, and it, you like your stupid little legs won't. um, And and it's not, but it is deathless, but it's not, sometimes it's not forgiving that you can fall quite a ways, (laughs) which is actually the fall animation is worth it. Sometimes though, if you start (sighs) falling more than like a certain, not very far, but a certain distance, 
the car- the beast's eyes like go super wide and he starts kicking his legs, <laughs> which are because he falls head first every time. Of course, his legs are <laughs> straight up. He starts kicking his legs and his eyes he go real wide. Gets whites of the eyes, yeah, it's from really just a little funny. black dot gets white. Um, so the, super minor because I agree with you. Like it, it, it would be weird if it was anything otherwise. Uh, but there were a couple times I was like, oh, come on, <laughs> so just land where I want you to land. But that's where I think it was more like. Quappy or like Octodad, where it's it's like intentional that you're gonna feel a little out of control at times. Yeah. Um, so it, it's part of the game, but I get a little annoyed sometimes. <laughs> I hear you, but I also had so much fun with those. Yeah, weird, for sure. Weird. Like I, I was really glad that the game gave you those more challenging platform stages because, like. I, at, at certain times during the game, I was like, okay, I'm, I'm kind of done talking to, to charming but quirky weird villagers. I, I want to jump through some hoops. And it was nice to get the opportunity to, to like do some precise platforming here and there. Yeah. It is one of those games where you, you're mentioning like talking to everyone. It's one of those mm-hmm. games where like almost everybody speaks from the same voice. You know, like everybody yes. is quirky and funny and a little like sarcastic and like kind of deadpan sarcastic sometimes. Um it's all the same style of humor. It could have been one character that delivers all the lines and you wouldn't have been able to really tell them apart. Yeah, the game um, does have like a very specific comedic voice. It It's different for something like Wandersong where like there were there were characters in that game that felt like they were playing in totally different productions. You know, they were mm-hmm. like very different styles, very different approaches to the comedy or to how seriously they took the situation. Whereas like this game, it's, it's all a joke and it's all a very similar joke, but it's consistently funny throughout. So, you know, that wasn't a problem for me. Also it's three hours, you know? Yeah. And I don't think it's, this isn't a bad thing. I I think you could interpret that as like negative that they're all speaking from the same voice. And I, and I think for a game like this, it actually, it just, it it makes it a very tight package. Like everyone you talk to, you know, it's going to be like kind of silly, kind of funny. Um, it's you know it's worth talking to everyone um it really drives it forward and because it's only three hours for sure if this was a 20 hour adventure game i'd be like somebody talk to me like a person (laughs) you know but (laughs) uh but for this it's it's fine it's it's good we should talk a little bit about sort of i i don't know if i want to call it the end game but like this game has a complete beginning to end story and then once you complete it's it's story it flashes you back all the way to the very first you know where you began the game again Um, but it doesn't take you out of it you still have your inventory and everything in the world has changed slightly so it gives you that option to kind of go for a victory lap at the end where you can talk to all the characters again see how things have changed now that you've changed the world um i always really like that in games i did wish that there was a better way to get around and I may have missed it. I I know because there was a bit in the, in the middle of the game where it opens up a kind of a train that you can use to get Mm -hmm. around. Um, I couldn't find it. (laughs) Like where where does, where does that open out in the, in the first town? Like I I was like, do I really trudge all the way back to the middle of the thing to get back on the train or I don't know. No, I did a trick where before I went forward, I went back to the previous just so I could figure out what the pickup spot was. And then I went to the end. Smart. Okay. Smart. Um, but I unfortunately do not remember where it is. But I <laughs> yeah. I, I, I don't know. I ran it because yeah. I 
I really wanted but to take like, the Metro do back more first, exploring. If you ever want to go back. <laughs> yeah, because there, there were all these little, like, for example, there, there's things that I wanted to go back. I, I haven't done a whole lot of this yet, but there was things that I wanted to go back through to do. Um, number one on my list right now was that about halfway through the game, uh, I was in one of the villagers' houses in the, like, tree town, and they had a Nintendo. Um, and then... Uh, no cartridge. Late in the game, you find a Nintendo cartridge. And I was like, well, obviously, I cannot rest until I put this cartridge into the Nintendo. But n- because I can't figure out how to get back there, I c- can't figure out how to get back on the train from the starting town. I've then got to basically play through half of the game again in order to get back to the place where I remember that Nintendo was. Yeah. Um, I could I- hear I could hear Reagan screaming about how he needed to plug that cartridge into that nintendo from 800 miles away i mean mm-hmm. you can't you can't put those two things in a game and not <laughs> let me do it wait were you the one under night of the wood episode who said that they played like they had to add an hour subtract an hour from their play time because they played so much of the, the video game in it actually i think that was shane shane played a <laughs> ton shane. of the little, um, little roguelike uh, that was demon tower to, yeah, yeah. Demon he like tower. stopped actually proceeding in the game because he was playing so much demon tower demon tower was actually really decent like that was a fun game it's a great game i would have covered that game on the short game probably yeah yeah we've done longer episodes on games with less content than the uh Rogue the game within a game. The big game within a game. Yeah. That yeah. game was rad. So I had a great time with this game. Is there anything else anybody wants to uh, talk about or touch on before we uh, wrap it up? Yeah, for sure. Um, so uh, two things. I want to talk about uh, the co-op that exists in this oh, game. And course, then also right. I want to mention, um, I, I know it's probably been playing throughout this whole episode, but the music to this game is delightful. Yes. And one of my favorite parts of it, it, it brings everything together. Um, it, it's just, oh. it's wonderful. Interesting. Cause I, I thought the music was just okay, but the sound effects were incredible. Like this is one of the ones that I was like, music is fine, but the sound effects were great. So I, I, I yeah. agree to disagree. Um, but I, I just, the sound effects were so good that I thought the music was just fine. I kind of fall in between. I think the good, the music was like good with some really standout bits. Like for example, the song that it plays during the like rhythm game section, I really liked. I got a little tired of it by the 15th time I played that scene, but it was a really good song. <laughs> One, two, three, four. Apparently the the composer or whatever for this game was the same person who did the music for Lovely Planet, um, which is also a great game that we've never gotten around to covering on the show because it's extremely hard. Like, I can't get very far in it, but I love it. It's a great game. Uh, Lovely Planet has a much better soundtrack. It's similar, but I mean, this is all subjective, but like I I think the soundtrack to Lovely Planet is great. And this soundtrack is like very similar, but not quite as good. Maybe it's like, you know, a lesser effort by the same composer in a similar style. Um, but I, I I do think it's like a pretty solid soundtrack. Like it's a fun soundtrack. I don't think it's probably going to be one that's going to be like on my rotation in my Spotify endlessly, like some of the other ones from games we've talked about on this show. But it's really good. It's a good soundtrack. Yeah, no, I don't. I'm not saying it's uh, one of the best that's ever been made, but I do think it fit the game really, Very really much, well. Yeah. And there are, are several... Uh, tracks that I do think are pretty standout. Um, though for the most part, I think the the soundtrack 
and I think this is probably where um, some of your feelings are coming from is I do think for the most part, it's meant to just be chill and in the back yeah. and not really uh, listened to, but it's during those moments of action where it does start to stand out. And that's the things that you're talking about. So I think it's trying to accomplish different things at different, different times. Um, so I don't know. I really, really enjoyed it. And there are a few that uh, really stuck out to me, uh, but the co-op, is a really uh, fun little addition to this game. Yeah, tell as me well. about that because I didn't get a chance to touch the co-op at all. And honestly, I was a little surprised that the game even had co-op. Right? It, yeah, it's um, I, I love a, a, a co-op addition, even if it's small. Um, I love couch co-op games. So um, Molly and I played through it. It's it's not a lot. There's nine levels which we've played, and then we had to stop. So there's also on the main, the co-op level select is a big watermelon that you can select. I don't hmm. really know what that does, which I think is a pretty good like representation of this game in general. Um, <laughs> I, but, bet, uh, I bet it's the bass kick. I think it probably is too. Ba- so ba- We didn't mention bass kick earlier, did we? Bass kick is a sport in the game that is played. It's basketball, but played by kicking the ball because of course you don't have any arms. And this is the game at its... Uh, Octodaddyist, because you're just trying to. There's no way to control exactly how you kick and where on the ball you kick exactly. So it's just you and another player trying to kick the ball and just kind of hope that it goes where and you kick want each it to other. go. But mm-hmm. and you kick each other, which send you flying, and then there's springs on the wall which send you flying. So it's really silly. Did anyone win fast kick? Yes. Yeah. Every okay. time. <laughs> uh, no i definitely lost it once but then i won uh, it once i only played two games of bass kick oh uh, i yeah you get like five gold every time you win i think so i played it a bunch um so, t- so how, the, how does the co-op work <laughs> it, it's kind of what you'd expect uh, although there are some very fun surprises so you each control um it's you control piku and niku and uh it's a series of like puzzle levels where your goal is to get to the end of it at the end is a little boat that has two little notches cut into it where you both have to go and turn yourself into the little, uh, you know, pill size Mm -hmm. slot right into the little slots. And when you both do that, the ship, you both get up and start dancing and then the the ship goes away. And then the loading, the cut scene between, or like the loading scene in between each level, the, the Piku and Niku uh, high five with a kick, uh, you know, Excellent. Has, a re- has a really satisfying like when it happens. <laughs> um, and, and so it's a series of standard like here's a gate and we need to get to the other side of it. So one person's going to hold down this button while someone goes to the other side and then they're going to like push a barrel to the other side. So that person can, the original person can use the barrel to hold down the button so that they can get through. So it's a whole series of like partner sort of things where you're just one person is doing a thing while the other person can do a thing. So you can both progress through the level. Mm -hmm. Uh, Sometimes you have to rely on each other uh, to, you stand on each other's head to get a, a boost or you will stand on one, the bottom person will jump. And then when you're at the height of the jump, the person who's on top jumps. So you get sort of like a double jump. And mm-hmm. that is about as complex as it gets. It, there's, it's not 
ever really difficult. There are a couple things because of the awkwardness of trying to kick a ball like over a wall, because again, you can't really like, you can't do that perfectly. You just kind of have to flail. At least my experience is just like keep kicking it and keep flailing at it till it happens. There's a couple things where you and your partner have to do like a version of that. And I think it's challenging, but I think it's funny too. It's like intentionally funny. Mm. Um, So Molly and I were cracking up playing the co-op. It was really fun because you can also kick each other. Um, So we would make like a challenge to who could be in the front uh, like pill spot mm-hmm. on the boat. Oh, so, excellent. So we would like complain. Then it would be this like kick fight to see who could get to that one, which was a lot of fun. Uh, and, and so that's probably like five or six of the levels, but they also do a couple things that are really uh, unique. And what I was not expecting a couple levels have you uh, Piku and Niku bound together by essentially a rubber band. So now, so imagine how weird and gangly you are as mm-hmm. just yourself now think of that but you're rubber banded to another one that is like gangly and so you have to traverse through uh, a, a ton of different jumps ton of different things where there's like a pole in the middle that might get where one of you get over but the other one doesn't so you're like you know tennis shoes on a uh, on a power line hooked you know um and it just adds a whole really silly and sometimes difficult element and then they also and this is Unlike anything I've seen in a game like this, there's just these random levels where there's little cars and it becomes like a, <laughs> it becomes almost like a level of Sonic where there's not really much getting in the way of you, but like little jumps and there are literally like loop de loops and it's just straight up a race. And, and whoever, whoever gets to the end first, it says winner real big uh, and it has their face. And then like, that's the end of the level. That's uh, great. Yeah. It's, it's, I was like, I get, it caught me off guard so much that I didn't even realize what was going on. And Molly caught on, uh, on the first one, she caught on a lot faster than me and smoked me. She, <laughs> <laughs> she beat me in the second one too, but I was, at least it was more competitive. So it was just like, yeah, really silly. Um, I don't, I never saw any car races in the main game unless nope, there's like a, nothing. unless there's a, a secret one that I, you know, haven't found. Um, so it was just a fun little thing. And the cars are, floaty and bouncy and it's easy to get like flipped upside down so you have to jump and uh to me this is the area of the game that i would love to see more um you know i would totally buy a co-op dlc i know that's probably a smaller market but still if they did that i would do it because there's not a lot in this game so i really hope to see more because it probably took us about an hour to play all of them so I'd well, love still, to see that's more. That's something pretty cool to uh, to add to a game like this. Like I, I was very surprised that this had any multiplayer or co-op element to it at all, given the type of game mm-hmm. I was expecting here. So yeah, it's nice totally. that it's in there as an option. Yeah, for sure. Something that was a little weird to me is I kept finding places where I would think I've just uncovered a really cool secret. And then I'd get there and there would not really be much there or it would be a pretty... It would be a a cool place and then nothing to do there. Like one example is someone said, hey, we got computers stored up there. I went up there and I was like, cool, I'm going to kick computers. I'm going to, oh, I can't actually do anything up here. So it kept surprising me that like I spent a lot of time mashing buttons, kicking things, trying to make areas interactive that were just supposed to be kind of there to enjoy as a place. And, And it was a little 
odd to me. That was one of my qualms with it is it, they want yeah. you to explore, but there might not be stuff to do when you get there. I was thinking about that because there's also all throughout like rocks and acorns and like soda cans and things like mm-hmm. that. And I wanted to constantly be like, oh, I if I take this rock to over to here, then I can stand on that rock and I can jump to here. Or if I get this yep. rock and I get this acorn on top of it, that'll get and, and it almost never went anywhere. And it occurred to me that I think that the developers just wanted you to always have something kickable within a certain, yeah. like a certain amount of distance because the kicking is such a thing that they're just like, oh, it's been. 15 seconds since you had something you can kick let's put an acorn right here let's put a rock right here yep Um, because the game definitely felt like always be kicking yeah (laughs) it definitely felt like there were more taking your little nut and trying to kick it across screen and hope you can plant it somewhere just don't do that yeah well i mean i will say that there are definitely fun little mostly sort of frivolous secrets in this game the one thing that i enjoyed the most was there were i think at least three spots and there may very well have been more that i missed where you can find you you you, sometimes at great effort you find your way to a slightly hidden or difficult to get to spot and the reward is that you bend over and it does a little magnifying glass and it turns Mm -hmm. out there's a tiny worm there and the worm does a dance and then disappears and (laughs) see that is great yes it's the sometimes I get to places and there would be a worm and I would be sad. Yeah, no, I totally get. That. And the the one that you mentioned about the computers, I was like, surely I can kick computers. Kicking computers would be fun, but mm-hmm. you couldn't kick the computers. Th- that was actually like I a hundred percent remember that spot and thinking the exact same thing. Like, why can't I kick these? And <laughs> if I kicked them, they should do something, but they did not. But in the inverse of that, there is a pottery store that you go into oh, yes. and it's just like th- it's six shelves three next to three uh with giant pieces of pottery on them and if you go and talk to the uh there's this one silly little guy in there and you go and talk to him he's like oh i love my potteries aren't these great would you like to buy one then you go and kick one if you go back and talk to him he's like Hey, it's cool. I still have all these other potteries. And I think that one probably needed to be kicked anyway. And then you go and kick another one, and he's like, "Oh, that's Why good." Why don't you stay on the ground, little yeah. buddy? <laughs> like, no, but it's good though. These like he, he has a huge smile, and he's trying to like. He's extremely everything. positive. He's extremely positive. He's like, "Oh, things are kicking those. I guess they're better now, kicked and shattered than they were." And then when you break them all, he's like, oh, I guess I didn't really need any potteries anyway. They're not. <laughs> so, that, yeah, uh, this, it's such an infectiously, like, positive game. I, I had so much fun playing this game. I think it was really, um, I mean, I don't think this is, I don't think this is going to win any Game of the Year awards. And I don't think that it's a, I don't, you know, it, it's not, it didn't it didn't rock my world but it was really nice it was a really nice little experience i had a really fun time playing this game and i 100 recommend it if you're looking for something to do uh for three or four hours uh it's a it's a super sweet fun little weird quirky thing and i i 100 recommend it i assume it's fun on pc but it's Mm -hmm. like a perfect little uh switch experience it's 12.99 yeah which i think is um actually like $7 $7 cheaper than I would have expected it to be. Uh, mm-hmm. And really what I would have paid for it. You know, we don't often talk about like the price and whether we'd buy something for the price or not. But the fact that it's actually, I think under 
priced for its uh, completeness and you know me and having it on switch um totally worth it you should play this game if you have a switch and if you don't yeah if you have pc i would still recommend playing. yeah absolutely and i mean i um I, it's far too late now to to pick this up but uh, before it launched uh it was a free game pre-launch through i think it was the discord App through store. Twitch. Oh no, no, that's right. It Twitch was, subscribers. Was it? Um, yeah, sorry, one of those. I think it was. I think you're right. I think it was a Twitch thing. Um, so it may be a situation where if you do that, you may already have it and haven't played it yet. And if that's the case, just go go do it, man. Um, I, I've not really seen that be a thing before, where a game is uh, a free game pre-launch um, on one of those platforms, but it was a thing. I think that's probably just more Devolver getting its hands into anything that's kind of good and new right now. Yeah, trying um, to they do they do a good great job with their marketing. Yeah. So this game was definitely something that made me happy this week. But as listeners to the show will know, we have a segment we call "What's Been Making Us Happy This Week." Uh, we missed it last week mainly just because we literally just forgot to do it. Sorry. But this week, we have plenty of things that have been making us happy. So, Nate, what's been making you happy this week? Well, the, I'll actually talk about something that I did today, uh, which was uh, really cool. And uh, has it made me happy today. And I assume it will carry more, uh, carry on until the listeners are listening to this episode. Uh, so, I went to the art museum nearby, the St. Louis Art Museum. Really, really good art museum. And they were doing an exhibit on Kehinde Wiley. Uh, if you're not familiar with him, uh, he is probably most known for that uh, Barack Obama portrait that came out uh, a little while ago of him seated in front of the uh, like really vibrant green floral patterns behind and sort of covering part of it. Oh, yes. OK, I know what you're talking about. Yeah. Yeah. The official uh, presidential portrait. Yeah. yeah. It was gorgeous. Yeah. It, yeah. And so. To be completely honest, I, I you know I had some mixed opinions on that uh, that portrait. Um, I it just it was so wild looking to me that like it's just so crazy to me for like a presidential portrait. Um, and I didn't spend a lot of time really looking at it, but I just remember being like, "Wow, that is like that is a intense portrait." Um, and I didn't know this until today when I went. But uh, Kehinde Wiley came to St. Louis. Uh, to do a, a to do a run of what he does, which is he finds like local people and he makes those types of paintings. He did it all around like Ferguson and North City, St. Louis. He did that for like two years, and this was the exhibit where he was speaking. I didn't have a chance to see him, but they, he had like ten of his ten or fifteen paintings that he'd done of St. Louis people or representations of St. Louis people. Uh, and I have to say, in person, first of all, they are way larger than I was expecting. I mean, some of these uh, portraits are 15 feet tall, 10 feet wide. I mean, they're like massive. Uh, And to see it in person, the colors um, and just the, like the vibrancy of it was really, really astounding. And it made me sort of rethink uh, my opinion on where I'd first heard of them, which is through the Obama portrait uh, and appreciate it more. And I don't know, it was just really, really cool. And I also appreciated that it was, he came to St. Louis and was doing that as well. So it was cool. Um, go to museums. Yeah, that sounds really cool. <laughs> uh, send me a photo. I'll put uh, one in the show notes. Sure. Laura, what's been making you happy this week? So 
I was getting out of the house and then I had to not go out of the house anymore because I got horribly sick. Um, but I recently got to step back out and see Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse for the second time in 3D. Uh, I was having a really bad day and it was such a wonderful experience to have again. The animation style is so unlike anything I've ever seen and I watch a ton of animation. Um, There's a reason why everyone is saying if this doesn't win best animated picture, it will be kind of a travesty because it is so interesting, Uh, especially if you've read comic books. It is a comic book come to life, but it's so much cooler than that. Like, so there's a Bill Sienkiewicz, who's uh, one of my favorite illustrators of comic books, um, has a version of Kingpin where he's this tiny head on this giant Mm. hulking body. And that's the character design for Kingpin. Nice. So it's all of this really like outlandish stuff. You you look at somebody and you're like, oh, wow, a female Doc Ock, Lily Tomlin is Aunt May. Like all these really smart character actors. But just seeing it again, um, let me, now that I wasn't watching for plot, um, I'm still laughing because it's hysterical. But I was able to sit there and go, cool like in this scene like they're animating it on twos and in this scene they're, they've, they've changed the frame rate and then like they pop in how they do depth like all of the little things that um you see in an art piece uh it felt like this was this was what i was promised when they were doing those motion comics five years ago that mm. sucked <laughs> yeah those always <laughs> like sucked. this is those were terrible and this is a motion comic in the best way. Uh, plus, the color palettes are just extraordinary. God, so I want to see I was that really, movie. really happy to see that again. It was a good, like, I'm back in the world, <laughs> stepping outside. I am so jealous because I, I still haven't gotten a chance to get out and see that movie because it came out, like, right after my child was born. And I have no way to go see a movie right now. And so I'm probably going to miss that one in theaters. I'll have to wait for a home video, which is a bummer because I keep hearing what a what an impressive thing it is to see on a big screen. Um, I am playing the Spider-Man PS4 game right now. It finally just seemed like the time to pick it up and give it a shot and very much enjoying that. So I've got very much Spider-Man on the brain and I'm just dying to see Spider-Verse, but I I still think it's going to happen in theaters right now. It sucks. Um, I, I guess the thing that's making me happy this week is a change in Colorado law. Um, so for folks who don't live here, uh, Colorado... You know, we have the legal weed, but we do we for for a long time had some very and they still do have some very restrictive laws about alcohol. And the most annoying one was that uh, they weren't allowed to sell regular full strength beer in grocery stores. Um, so you either had to go to special liquor stores. And the other law there here is that they can't be chains. There's no chains of liquor stores. Every liquor store is an independently owned business. Even the big ones, they they, have, they can have one location. So you know, even even things like um, uh, like Trader Joe's can have a single location that sells alcohol. All the rest not allowed to sell alcohol. Each individual company can have one liquor store location in the entire state. So um, what that means is that there are some pretty good liquor stores, but the alcohol, everything's pretty expensive. And if you just want to go get like a six pack of beer, uh, you are sometimes going to be frustrated. Uh, well. As of January, that's no longer the case in Colorado. So every single store, we did it. Yes, we We've, did it. It's like it's it's like the it's a little bit like the the moment when George Bush walked out on that uh, on that 
that boat and there was the big sign behind it that said like <laughs> mission accomplished. It's like every single grocery store and uh, convenience store and gas station all has these massive signs that say full strength beer in big red letters <laughs> and it's like it's like waving a flag it's like it's it's a beautiful celebration on every building every now you now i went to costco and i bought a 24 pack of full strength beer and i'll tell you it was a triumph so that's uh, <laughs> that's been that's been what's making making me happy this week i'm so happy for you thank you so Thank you so much for joining me on this episode of The Short Game. Uh, listeners, you can find our show on the internet at www.theshortgame.net, where you'll find all of our past episodes and show notes. Great place to search for games if you're interested. Uh, and you can also leave us a message there. If you go to that site, there is a contact form. Or you can go to Twitter and uh, find us at underscore short game. And those are both great ways to get in touch with us. We love to hear from you about short games that you've played or that are upcoming that you're interested in hearing about. Um, so thank you so much for suggesting games to us that's how we find most of the stuff that we play so let us know what you're interested in or what you're playing we are always interested to hear from you you can find me on twitter at reagan k that's r-a-y-g-a-n-k laura where can people find you you can find me on twitter at laura j nash and nate where can people find you on twitter at nate stl and thank you so much for joining us on this episode of the short game